Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to discuss the narcissist borderline dynamic. And this is a common dynamic that people see in couples counseling where um, somebody with narcissistic traits and somebody with borderline traits are drawn to one another. Um, Frequently, it's the man is the narcissist and the woman has the borderline symptoms, but it can be inverted as well. Before we get to that, let's just, uh, as always, tell you all to subscribe. I have close to 50 subscription-only episodes. They're all super good, and there's the oral sex on women and the um, you don't care. (laughs) There's the oral sex on women one. Um, Anyhow, so let's just then dive right in and uh by the way there's lots of people following me for um therapy and uh asking not following me for therapy (laughs) there's people on the street that are following me begging me for therapy no there aren't um but there's people asking about therapy i have a group practice best life behavioral health so uh bestlifebehavioralhealth.com we have uh, clinicians mostly in the dc area but some are licensed elsewhere too so let me know if you need a therapist by emailing through that site anyhow um let's move into this so a lot of people come in like with real like fucking crazy relationships, you know, and you know if you're in one of these, you know, because it's really volatile, it's really chaotic, but you kind of don't know because that's likely what you grew up with. And um, first, let's go to borderline traits because this is going to give a lot of men an aha moment about their wives. Now, borderline is, is not super common in the population at large, but it's pretty common in counseling, particularly in marital counseling. You know where else it's common? You know who else knows a lot about it? Divorce attorneys, because these are the most contentious, conflictual divorces. So borderline personality is like a very extreme version of preoccupied attachment. Um, People with borderline personality were sensitive children raised in an invalidating or even abusive home, and that's the etiology of it. And it is a personality disorder, which means it's more pervasive. It used to be thought that it couldn't be cured, but it can, um, at least in as much as symptoms can remit, not not the entirety of, of uh, how somebody views the world, but symptoms can remit and in fact do remit over time, even just with age, particularly the more impulsive ones. So what does borderline look like? Well, I mean, I, just, I could just uh, read you the criteria and explain kind of what they are. So an intense fear of abandonment. Now you should be, you know, counting these off on your fingers about either yourself or your husband or your wife. Uh, It's more commonly presents in women. In men, this manifests more as antisocial personality. Uh, There's some uh, controversy over whether the diagnostic criteria are just uh, kind of gender biased or not. But Again, since it's more often uh, an exemplification of extreme preoccupied attachment, I do see more women that I genuinely think have borderline than men, but I definitely see men that do too. Um, So 
count these off or, you know, do a tally mark. Uh, an intense fear of abandonment, going to extreme measures to avoid real or imagined separation or rejection. So does this person freak out when they think you're about to leave? A pattern of unstable, intense relationships, idealizing someone one moment and believing the person doesn't care enough the next. So this splitting, making somebody all good or all bad, somebody's on a pedestal and then they come off the pedestal, it happens with everybody, probably happened with you. For if you are the person who's a partner of the person with borderline, um, and uh, it happens with friends, with their family, etc. Somebody's all good and then all of a sudden there's a break, there's estrangement, this person is terrible, they never loved me, they never cared about me, they're horrible, I didn't know how horrible they were. And there's a lot of burned bridges, therefore. Uh, rapid changes in self-identity and self-image, including shifting goals and values. So this person is not stable in terms of career, possibly even religion, in terms of how they dress, how they act. Like they, they kind of, um, they, they can almost be a chameleon with different sorts of groups. And this isn't just in terms of adolescence, then young adulthood and then adulthood or what have you. This is kind of, um, you know, more frequently than that, such that you kind of don't really know who they are in a way. And it's always changing. And if you are the person with the borderline symptoms, you don't necessarily know who you are when you deeply introspect. Periods of stress-related paranoia lasting from a few minutes to a few hours. This is particularly if you feel rejected. Then it's like, oh, my God, everybody's out to get me. And if you hear your spouse saying crazy stuff like, oh, somebody must have hacked into my account. People are watching me. My, my, how did my friend know this or that about me? Or, you know, just stuff that sounds just off the wall. Then you'll know what this is. Impulsive and risky behavior. We're up to five now. Impulsive and risky behavior such as gambling, reckless driving, unsafe sex, spending sprees, binge eating, uh, or and also bulimia, binging and purging, drug abuse, or sabotaging success by suddenly quitting a good job or ending a positive relationship. Um, you'll know that if you see it, especially the impulsivity interpersonally. So just like yelling at somebody or ruining a relationship or the burning bridges I talked about. Suicidal threats or behavior or self-injury, often in response to a perceived uh, separation that's going to happen. So this is often with younger people with borderline traits um, that they will either really attempt to kill themselves or say they're going to, um, not to be manipulative in a bad way, but to be manipulative in the way that they are panicked at the, the thought of a person leaving them, the loved ones. They're literally doing anything to keep them around. Wide Mood swings lasting from a few hours to a few days. You know what this is if you have it and if you see it. Ongoing feelings of emptiness. So that means like you kind of really do not know who you are and you feel very bored and intolerant of being alone because you're empty inside, really. You feel that way. You're not, but you feel that way. And the last one is inappropriate, intense anger, such as frequently lost, losing your temper, being sarcastic or bitter, or having physical fights. Okay, so those were nine. If you got at least five or if your spouse does, then... Um, that would meet criteria for borderline. Again, I can't diagnose anybody, but I'm saying if you were to bring yourself or your partner in for evaluation, these are the criteria that would be looked at. So now you have a sense of what borderline traits are. And um, again, I can't diagnose, so, you know, whatever. But like, just like you could look up symptoms of anything, most people aren't going to. So that's where I come in. So anyhow, people like this are... Uh, 
you know, the quote, crazy uh, wife in my Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife. They have many symptoms of borderline and um, just people who kind of uh, also don't really live up to their potential at all frequently have these symptoms. So a guy's like kind of confused because his wife's really smart, but she does like nothing. She does really nothing. I mean, there are people who do nothing in the world and I see a lot of them um, in my office or get told of them. What I mean by this is, yeah, sure, like, uh, she doesn't work, okay, she's a stay-at-home mom, or maybe, you know, she does work, but she's always losing jobs, or she's, uh, has problems with authority, or if she's a stay-at-home mom, she kind of doesn't do anything, really, you know, and she just has kind of dramatic conflicts with people, there's also a lot of psychosomatic symptoms, so this person often, um, Uh, achieves way less than they would given their intelligence. Now, there may be other issues at play. Obviously, borderlines of personality disorder can be comorbid and often is with things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, PTSD, etc. Another way to think about borderline now that's uh, being thought of more and more is just uh, basically complex trauma that lasted from childhood that manifests in this way. Now, why are people with borderline... Uh, drawn to people with narcissistic personality. You can read about that on my site, uh, but people kind of know more about narcissism. It's basically when you think you're better than everybody, either covertly or overtly, (laughs) and you're kind of arrogant. So, like, you know, you, you got you got no skin in the game of lying to yourself if 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 you know that this is you. And it's funny because there was a study that showed that a, a large narcissism like scale was as good as literally asking somebody, "Do you think you're narcissistic?" <laughs> because most people with narcissism will be like, "Yeah, you know what I really do." And it's funny because whenever I tell anybody in therapy that they have narcissistic traits, you could tell if it's right or not. I mean. You know, I know them a long time, so it's usually not like wrong. But when I try to bring it in, they'll always be like, really? You know, because I heard that. And they're like delighted almost. Like they're special. They love being special. Now they even have a diagnosis. And they've really thought about it all along that they are. You know, especially overt narcissists. The covert or more victim type of narcissists are different. They'll be like, no, I'm not. But males especially will usually be like, yeah, you know what? You could be right. (laughs) Like, I've heard that a lot. My wife always certainly says I'm self-centered. So, um, and they're very high achieving. And they've heard that they're like a bulldog at the boardroom or whatever. And they kind of pride themselves on being like an arrogant asshole. So, guess what? Like, you know, if, if it quacks, it's a duck. So... Anyhow, the reason that borderlines are drawn to narcissists is that they don't have this internal sense of self or this strong core of self-esteem. So they're drawn to these more arrogant, flagrantly, quote, confident, but really arrogant people because other people would find the narcissist to be unappealing. Like they're so into themselves. It's so corny almost. Like it's like cliche. But a borderline is like, wow, that person knows who they are. Holy shit. If I link myself to that person, and this is all subconscious and unarticulated, then I too will have some sort of an identity. I'll basically ride on their identity in a way because I, uh, I I don't feel very confident and secure. I don't really know who I am, but this person really does. And then if we create a couple and a family, then I can kind of ride on, on, on their deep self-knowledge, um, at least that they're so great, and then I won't have to think about how I don't really know who I am. Now, also, people with 
with borderline do that idealization devaluation thing. And who's going to believe that shit? A narcissist, right? A narcissist isn't even going to question it. Oh, this woman thinks I'm amazing. She just met me and she wants to get into a relationship with me. We're having sex six times a day. Wow, this will last forever. Finally, somebody realizes truly how amazing I am. And then, you know, six months to 18 months later, the woman's done and she's, um, you know, she has, uh, he has fallen off the pedestal. She's beginning to devalue him, seeing him as the enemy, but he always keeps on trying to get back to that early phase where she was acting like he was God. And a more securely attached, non-narcissistic man will be like, whoa. Like, what the fuck's happening? Sex six times a day. All right, that's nice. Like, this is nice for a little while, but this seems insane. Why is she talking about a future with me already? Like, why is she drinking all the time? And why does she have, why is she crying all the time? And what's happening with the friend groups? And what's, why is she cut off from her family? You know, they're going to interrogate some of these more dramatic histrionic traits, whereas a narcissist is just going to be like, wow, look, somebody thinks I'm totally amazing, wants to shape their whole life around me. Neat you know so that's how they end up together and then when they're fighting which of course these get into very contentious battles they are both very dramatic they both are very um attention seeking in a sense and so the fights get insane and nuclear which is cool i guess for them before kids but after kids these are the houses that people grow up in and have lasting trauma from and in fact their own uh, personality issues including borderline because the houses are so chaotic and conflictual. So if you recognize yourself and your partner in this description, what do you really do about it? You got to get yourself into counseling. I mean, like, you know, sometimes I feel like people think, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, tell you silver bullet way to save and transform this decades long dynamic that started like basically when my wife and I were both born in our individual homes, you know, and shaped through our individual family of origin experiences and trauma. And then, like, you know, I'm just going to tell you, like, here's your five-point plan to, like, not be in this dynamic. I don't have a five-point plan or a one-million-point plan to not be in this dynamic. You need to do some deep work where you try to see if this dynamic can be shifted, including individual work for each person. The narcissist needs to stop kind of, um, needs to get his head out of his ass, really, and start to build some empathy. And the person with borderline needs to basically create, sometimes, a secure personality from scratch because she don't feel like she has one and uh, how can this happen best is with deep introspective insight oriented work in which we do go back to early experiences and see how they set us on the path that they're in now while also building empathy perspective taking and especially for the borderline building up ways to self-regulate that's why dbt um, is so helpful for people with borderline that's dialectical behavior therapy it was pioneered by marsha linehan who in later years it came out actually was hospitalized herself for borderline personality as a teen and um, she then came up later on with DBT which is not anything new it was a combination of basically CBT Buddhist Zen uh, mindfulness techniques basic distress tolerance techniques from behavioral training a whole amalgam of things that she marketed and as DBT and and really a DBT framework can be for uh, borderlines of all stripes so low functioning to high functioning so a 
low-functioning borderline person is going to be in a hospital for repeated suicide attempts. High-functioning ones, man, I see at the highest levels of business, education, everywhere. You know, they're CEOs, they're professors, they're everybody. So you could be very high-functioning, but your internal world is a complete mess from unresolved childhood trauma. So this is nothing to be ashamed of, you know, and people can work on both narcissism and borderline and they frequently do. And as long as both people are committed to the relationship or really to even their own work as individuals, this can be very useful. And frequently, of course, what motivates people most, their kids, not continuing the cycle of crazy, dramatic marital conflict that they saw growing up and now appear to be replicating. Now, the Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife dynamic can also give you a very good insight into how this manifests. That's one of my bonus episodes. can give you really good insight into how this manifests in terms of certain interactions. The worst thing for a borderline is to feel invalidated. So... Uh, you know, think then about your style if you're the partner. If you're the one who keeps saying, calm down, calm down, it's fine. What are you acting so crazy for? That's like the worst thing you could do. And also lying, even if you, of course, are going to be lying, no shit. <laughs> you're going to be lying at times because every single thing seems to activate this person. So you're going to say, what's wrong? You're going to say nothing. Because you're terrified, <laughs> you know, and so, but they pick up on any sort of dishonesty because that's a form of invalidation. So couples counseling works on being more genuine, authentic, and empathic for the narcissist, which is very difficult. And for the person with borderline to be more, uh, to really grow their own self-esteem. So uh, sometimes, you know, they are very, very high achieving and work is the only area that they feel good at. Many times they don't really have an identity because every time they start a job or even a volunteer position, they get very triggered. Somebody says something mean to them. There's super high rejection sensitivity and borderline personality. And they leave. You know, they throw up their hands and leave. And so when enough of these happen, they really lose their, their um, any self-esteem that they had because, shit, they can't make anything work, really. And this also happens with relationships with children. So you, a kid only needs a few insane freakouts by a parent before they become very scared and avoidant and uh, angry, depending on their own innate style. So frequently parenting also feels like it's going to shit. You know, and so this person feels just like things are getting worse and worse and worse. And then if you throw in perimenopause, you know, which starts in the 40s and so, and then you get real mood swings based on hormones, this uh, can be a very volatile situation. Also, PMDD, all of these things are, are worse when it's against a backdrop of personality level issues. Like, no shit, obviously. So if this resonates with you, this is something to think about. Some books that you can read are Stop Walking on Eggshells. That's a good one. I Hate You Don't Leave Me. I'll just link you to my reading list and, uh, and you can go into the borderline section. Um, and also on the narcissistic side, you know, you, the, the individual therapy, people say it doesn't work on narcissists. There's some kind of monsters. What the hell? Do these people never work with high achieving people? All y'all have narcissistic symptoms mostly, you know? So of course it does. Like this is some crazy pop psych shit is that narcissists are monsters that can't work on stuff. We're working on making people less self-absorbed. Wow, that's therapy in general, having a wider worldview. So, of course, that's going to be very helpful for those with narcissism who can de definitely change. So, 
it's funny too. Like a lot of the, there's a lot of overlap between narcissism and sex addiction, addiction of all stripes, really. And yet people say that addicts can be helped. There's so much overlap between narcissism and particularly sex addiction from what I see in my practice. So how could it be that narcissists can't change? Of course they can change. So don't let any of those memes and stuff about narc abuse like make you think that a narcissist can't change. Of course they can change. They change daily, incrementally in my practice. You know, somebody doesn't have to be diagnosed with narcissism for them to be working on narcissism. You know, like the majority of people that come in that are avoidant attachment are working working on a bit of narcissism, quite honestly. So uh, also the other way to think about this narcissist borderline dynamic is extreme version of preoccupied uh, avoidant or pursuer distancer. So, and those you're more comfortable with, but when shit goes really derailed, then it is this, uh, an amplified version of one of those. So, um, I hope that this was useful to you and it can be extremely validating, honestly, for somebody who thinks that their partner, uh, has been acting just batshit crazy and, or they must be driving their partner batshit crazy to think, oh, my partner actually is suffering from symptoms of borderline personality, probably, and more maybe, and I'll do some more reading and some more thinking and encourage them to be in treatment because that is its own constellation of symptoms that I may be exacerbating, but I didn't create them. And so, of course, that can be very validating on the other end, too, to understand more about, as the borderline, that you were drawn to somebody narcissistic for various adaptive reasons at the time that I explained, but now they are just making everything worse by being so invalidating, so arrogant, so uh, their, their confidence and stuff is making you feel even worse about your lack. They're in ability to empathize is really the worst possible thing for you in many regards, etc. So of course, there's a million more things you could read and think about these topics. And I will if there is sufficient interest on specific issues within this dynamic. But for now, I will go and I will link you in my description to all of the various reading that you could do, because I know there's going to be at least a few, probably a few dozen of you listening that are going to be like, whoa, that's like exactly myself slash my partner. And that could be very transformative to know that what exactly is the problem. This is in and of itself can be very healing, can set you on the path to finally know what you're dealing with, which is the best sort of thing when you feel struggling and like, wow, I'm in crazy town and I don't know which way out. All right. I'll talk to everybody soon. I hope that you got a lot out of this and that you subscribe. Bye bye.